Welcome to episode 20 of the Pro Wrestling Happenings Podcast. I'm your host, Marcos Canales. I took a little time off, mostly because I needed to step away from wrestling for a little bit. And then also, the in-ring product, especially when it comes to WWE, hasn't been too exciting. And I didn't feel the need to rush out and put an episode online. But... There are some things I wanted to talk about, so this episode is going to be a little bit different. I just put a, a list of things that have been interesting to me, uh, put, put a list together, and I'm just going to talk through some of those. So I'll start off with uh, the Cody Rhodes promo where he was discussing his match against Dustin Rhodes at Double or Nothing, and it went over pretty well, at least based on the feedback I saw online. A lot of people were saying this was how you do a wrestling promo. It was straightforward. It wasn't overly produced. It had an emotional core to it. It had a message to it that I think a lot of people who are on on the same page with AEW uh, echo. And the idea of AEW taking on and destroying the attitude era as the this time in wrestling history that's been holding a lot of people back was interesting and he delivered it well it was captivating and it was another example of why I think AEW is going to be a good counter product compared to what the WWE puts out there and we'll have to wait and see if it's actually going to be successful But I think all of the buzz that Cody, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega have been generating the last couple of months has been great. And I'm excited about what they're going to do in AEW. And I can understand why people are looking at them as a viable option and why some think that WWE is being threatened by them. Whether they are or not is a whole other story. I don't think right now at least WWE really sees AEW as a threat, but they could be a threat, and I think that's what's really exciting. So Cody's great promo underlined that that idea that AEW could be a serious promotion and could be it could take a shot at the king, and we'll have to see if that actually happens. But good stuff from Cody and AEW. Another pretty cool promo that dropped was the artist formerly known as Dean Ambrose put on his Twitter uh, a video of him breaking out of prison, being chased by a big dog, and jumping a fence, a barbed wire fence, and getting caught up in it, and dragging that along with him, and blooding up his arm, and very subtle (laughs) images, I guess, if you want (laughs) to... Obviously, I'm being a little sarcastic there. But it was him reintroducing the world to John Moxley, which was his persona before WWE, who was known to be more of a hardcore wrestler. And maybe this is a sign of him going back to his roots. I don't know if this was a declaration that he was going to AEW. I, I think I read after the fact that his, he's potentially going to be doing more independent shows 
but I could see AEW being a destination for him if they want to let him have more say over his character and his matches and being more creatively appealing and satisfying for him. I think that could be a pretty good marriage. Regardless, I thought it was a pretty cool a pretty cool promo as well. I've been very open and honest about my lack of experience and history when it comes to Dean Ambrose. And ever since he came back to WWE, something about his performance felt off. It felt like he wasn't invested. It felt like he was going through the motions. And I think there was a turning point, which was when he made it clear that he was not coming back to WWE, where I felt like things did change and I felt like he was more invested and I became more interested and Dean Ambrose as a character when he changed that gear. And if that was a small glimpse of what John Moxley can do, then I would I'm I want to see where he goes from here. Even if it's having to find some independent stuff online, whether it's YouTube or whatever, this is a character that I can get behind whereas the bits and pieces I saw Dean, Am- Dean Ambrose didn't do it for me. John Moxley might, and again, I think it'd be cool to see him on AEW. I think that would be a, a big coup for them, but if he just wants to do death matches at CZW or wherever, and that's going to make him happy, then by all means, he, he deserves that. Um, like I said, I'm not a, a fan of his, but I acknowledge what he's done in in WWE and the wrestling landscape, and if that's going to make him happy, then he deserves to be happy, and I'm happy for him. So I am excited, though, about where this could go. Shifting gears from quote-unquote indies or AEW or whatever to more WWE-centric stories, it was reported that this past week's Raw and SmackDown had some of the lowest ratings ever. Uh, that weren't involved in any kind of holiday programming. And I'm not surprised. Uh, Like I had said, one of the reasons why I didn't do a podcast episode last week was because nothing I saw in WWE really interested me all that much, at least on Raw and SmackDown. And I think that it's these dips are just an indicator of a lack of creativity, a lack of compelling storytelling, and just a, a direction that a lot of people aren't on board with when it comes to the WWE. And they are showing their displeasure in the most meaningful way possible, which is to not watch the product. And I don't know if Vince and company are panicking enough to where they're going to turn stuff around, Honestly, I don't really care at this point. Part of me really just wants to walk away from WWE and focus on AEW when it premieres or maybe finding some gems that are hidden on YouTube when it comes to the independent scene or maybe just take a break from wrestling in general. Who knows? But it's just been uninspiring the last couple of weeks and I blame that at, on WWE. Like I think it's their fault that... I'm feeling the way I'm feeling because their job is to keep me invested and they really haven't been able to do that, which is weird for me to say 
because I was so hyped about Becky Lynch and Kofi and Seth. And I was one of those people who felt like all three of them are going to win at WrestleMania because that's the right thing to do. Don't jerk your fans around. Give them what they want. And they did that. And yet here I am complaining because I'm not invested anymore. And I don't know why I'm not. To be to be fair, a lot of the stories that they were telling going into WrestleMania weren't captivating either. And my interest was waning then too. But I'm I'm a little shocked <laughs> that I'm so out right now when it comes to the WWE product because the three champions I wanted are they're reigning right now. And maybe it's because there aren't a ton of interesting competitors or challengers right now. I'm not really all that invested in AJ versus Seth. I guess that could be a dream match to some people, but I've never been a big WWE AJ Styles fan. I like what he did in, in TNA, but he just doesn't feel like the right fit for WWE, even when he was a champion for over a year. I, I still love Becky, but they put her in a program with Charlotte 1 and Charlotte 2, and I'm, I've been on record that I like Lacey Evans and I like what she's doing, and that's actually interesting to me. But seeing Becky versus Charlotte again, that doesn't do anything for me. We've seen it so many times before, and it's it's boring. I do think Kofi and Kevin Owens could be a pretty interesting program um, because it was such an obvious way for them to go with Kevin turning heel especially when it happened because he had said something like, I guarantee Kofi's going to win. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, oh, this is it. He's going to turn heel now. And Kevin is another one of those performers that I'm not super familiar with, but everything I've seen in the past and everything I've read online lets, leads me to believe that he's a better heel than he was a face. And so it makes sense that he's a heel now. And if it was fast-tracked because of Daniel Bryan's injuries, who knows? I guess that's the official word. I think it was the right call. But even then, I'm like, okay, this was kind of telegraphed. Not necessarily original, but they could probably put on a good match. So I am kind of interested to see where they go. But all all the other stuff around these champions just really isn't doing anything for me. And some of the stuff they're doing isn't doing anything for me. And that's just a personal thing. But I think the numbers show that a lot of other people might be feeling the same way. And I'm a little bit afraid that this dip in ratings is only going to give Vince justification in saying that the WWE needs big names like Brock Lesnar, like Ronda Rousey, John Cena. And he's going to do whatever he can to get those types of names back on the programs. And all of the underdogs we've been rooting for for so long are going to be pushed down again. I don't know if you can really call Seth an underdog at this point, but I can definitely see someone saying, well, we have these three champions. We have Seth, we have Becky, we have Kofi, and the numbers plummeted 
let's bring back Brock Lesnar, let's bring back Ronda Rousey, because people were watching when they were around, and it's kind of a hard argument to refute, but that's not, I don't think that will necessarily fix anything, it'll be a band-aid on a head wound, if anything, but it's a billion dollar company, they could probably take a little bit of a loss, but no one likes to lose money, so I'm sure Vince will overreact and try to overreact correct and we'll get some we already have Goldberg coming back so who knows we'll have The Rock and John Cena fight at SummerSlam who knows other things though in the world of WWE uh, Firefly Funhouse man I don't know (laughs) I have no idea what's going on it is a broken record when I say that I'm not familiar with this generation of WWE wrestlers and superstars and I apologize, but it's the truth. I don't think I've ever seen a Bray Wyatt match. I just know he was this weird guy, and he had a cult. And maybe this is a logical sequel for him, but weird and creepy stuff, that's not my bag. It's not its not what really interests me, so I'm not really digging these vignettes but I'm not hating them either it's just not my cup of tea but it seems to be in his wheelhouse and that's all that matters if Bray Wyatt can pull this off great I'm just not I'm just not caring about any of it but I do know it's working for some people so you know different people have different interests and tastes and WWE needs to be as broad as possible to try to get a little bit of everyone and maybe this will get a certain segment of the fan base it just that's not me but there's some other things that they can do that could interest me Uh, another another heel that's not quite working for me is Sami Zayn I think like I think the message he's been putting out there is an interesting one and I think that it is relevant but the you people type of heel promo doesn't always click for me it feels like you're just insulting your customers and that's not how you're supposed to do business and I know this isn't a traditional business by any means this is performance art and it's a commentary on consumerism and and things like entitlement and do the customers always get what they deserve or should they always get what they want and i get the meta commentary that's going on i just feel like maybe it's the messenger um again i'm just going to say it i'm not familiar with sami zayn I don't know what he did before any of this, with the exception of the Bobby Lashley feud. So maybe he's the perfect messenger for this type of of, of this type of promo, but it's it's not quite working for me. And I think it doesn't help that we just got done with Daniel Bryan doing something very similar. And I think there's this kind of edge to what 
KO is doing as well. It all feels like the big bad guys are all saying the same things. And that's not that's not creative. That's not exhilarating. It just sounds like the same old thing over and over and over again. So maybe that's why I'm not really it's not really landing for me. Another thing that's not really landing for me is the humiliation of the revival. So a big part of Monday Night Raw was the Usos spying on the revival in the shower, which couldn't fly if you <laughs> just think about that. It's okay for for them to spy on guys in the shower, but had it been women, it would have been completely off limits. And you would never see that. And that's just it shouldn't be done regardless. It's an invasion of privacy, it's icky. But but them being humiliated by not only the Usos but the fans because they were manscaping, it's just such a it's just such a what's the word I'm thinking of? It's a reductive trope, it's a reductive approach. It's bringing up weird ideas of masculinity that we probably shouldn't be having to worry about in this day and age. I don't know. None of it. I didn't like any of it. And I feel bad for the revival because it is starting to feel like they're being punished for some for some reason, whether it's because they wanted their release and they had the gall to ask for it. But it's becoming pretty clear that they're just the whipping boys at this point. And I just didn't find it funny. That said, I did appreciate Corey and Renee agreeing that it shouldn't be this big of a deal. Those two on commentary can be pretty interesting. I like it when... I think they have a pretty good chemistry when they're bickering at one another, but I also like it when they agree because you know that it's... You know that something's not quite right when those two agree on something. So it's a it's a pleasant surprise when they actually are on the same page. So I thought the commentary did save this a little bit, although Michael Cole was just an idiot. I understand why people don't like him now. It was just so sophomoric and immature, and I'm kind of done with it, so I'm going to move on. Um, another WWE superstar who seems to be being punished is Luke Harper, who made his release request, and much like the revival, he's not going to get it and they're going to prolong his contract because WWE is starting to come off as a pretty petty company because I think one of the revival are also going to get their contract extended and maybe it maybe it's it is within WWE's right to do that because they're a, they signed a contract saying that you're going to perform for this x amount of time and if you don't then we have to make it up somewhere I kind of, in theory, understand that. In practice, it is a bad look for WWE. It makes them look petty. It makes them look childish. It makes them look vindictive. And I'm glad that the spotlight is being shined on the independent contractor conundrum that's apparently always been (laughs) part of the business I don't know if anything's really going to change, but these types of stories make me understand that maybe maybe WWE is just not the company for me, and maybe 
I need to start looking elsewhere, whether that's AEW or who knows, try to watch Impact more. Um, speaking of Impact, I really kind of want to watch Rebellion. I'm going to see if I can figure out how to do that. But it seemed like it was a pretty good pay-per-view. But going back to Luke Harper, he seems to be one of those guys that a lot of people feel are being underutilized. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like anything is going to change because Vince clearly doesn't know what to do with him and he's being punished for that. And instead of letting him go on and find his opportunities elsewhere, he's going to keep him held hostage because he can. And that sucks. It sucks for him. It sucks for a lot of other people, uh, Sasha Banks included. So I'm by no means an expert on how the business side of professional wrestling works. All I know is a casual viewer, it doesn't quite smell right. So continuing on my WWE bashing (laughs) um, uh, road, apparently Joey Ryan was offered a contract by WWE to be a performer and then transition into a trainer, maybe producer role. And I know Joey Ryan's been on the indie scene for a long time now, I think almost 20 years. And I have, I'm a little bit more familiar with him than even some of the WWE guys, just based on his Lucha Underground stuff. And even in the early 2000s, he was a name that I knew of, even though I never really had a chance to see any of his matches. But he was making waves in California and obviously on the independent scene with PWG. So Joey Ryan's a name I'm familiar with and someone I'm actually invested in, even though I don't see a ton of his stuff. Um, And the idea of him going to WWE scares me a little bit because I don't see what he'd be doing in WWE. They're not going to let him have a penis-centric gimmick they might let him keep the the body hair and the baby oil and the mustache and the blow pops but they're not going to let him have a magic penis and maybe that's not what he's all about maybe he has other things going for him but it seems like that's the biggest draw is his penis and maybe that's not giving him enough credit admittedly that might be diminishing his other skills but i don't see I don't see that working in WWE. He's just going to be another smaller guy who is going to maybe make a splash on on NXT, maybe have a little stint on 205 Live before he fades into the background. And AEW is not the end-all, be-all, but that seems like a good fit. He was at All In. I could see his style and his sense of humor working better on that type of crowd. I just don't want him to be another god of the independent scene who is misused by WWE. Maybe they'll figure it out, but I'm not sure. Someone who probably will benefit from a change, possibly in NXT, is Tyler Breeze. I think it's been reported that he might be going back to NXT and be more of a regular. And I'm excited about that if that ends up happening because, like I've said before, I'm a low-key Tyler Breeze fan. uh, And seeing more of him on WWE programming is only a good thing in my opinion. 
not including main event. He's probably always on main event. I just don't watch main event. But I do watch NXT. And if he's on NXT more often, then I think that could be uh, a good way for him to revitalize his career. I can see him having a good a good program with Velveteen Dream over the North American title. Maybe get a shot at the NXT championship again. So I'm I'm hoping that that's going to work out for him. And I hope that's something that does happen. So let's see Tyler Breeze back in NXT. Um, one of the last things I, I guess quickly want to talk about are the Money in the Bank matches. They were announced. And I think I am going to stick it through at least Money in the Bank. After that pay-per-view, we'll see how I feel. But just these matches alone, the two main ladder matches, don't give me a ton of confidence when it comes to that. Uh, on the men's side, it's Braun Strowman versus Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, Ali, Finn Balor, Andrade, and Randy Orton. And the Raw side of things is boring. We've seen Strowman, McIntyre, and Corbin in pretty much every <laughs> every big Raw storyline. And I get it. I'm just tired of it. Throwing Ricochet in there is okay. I would have liked it better if... Alistair Black was somehow incorporated on the SmackDown side so we could actually see them fight. But even Ricochet feels a little out of place. I don't know who they would have replaced him with, but I don't it seems again like he's just getting too he's getting pushed too hard too fast. I don't know if he needs to be in Money in the Bank so soon, but they made that call. The SmackDown side's a little bit more interesting with Ali, Balor, Andrade. To a lesser extent, Randy Orton, I think Ali, Balor, and Andrade have proven they can have good matches with each other, throw a ladder in the mix, and I think that can make it even more exciting. So thankfully, SmackDown saved the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. And I think the same is true for the women's side, because uh, Carmella, Ember Moon, Mandy Rose, and Bailey will be taking on Alexa Bliss, Naomi, Dana Brooke, and Natalia. And I guess I can't really complain too much about the participants. I do think Dana Brooke sticks out like a sore thumb. I think I'd heard rumors that she was the replacement for Sasha Banks. And I get that if Sasha was penciled in, you have to replace her. But why do you pick Dana Brooke? No shade to Dana Brooke, but she's just not interesting to me. She's not a great character. I'm sure she's fine in the ring. But you have Ruby Riot right there. Why can't you have Ruby Riot in the Money in the Bank match? And on a slight mini rant, ever since they broke up the Riot squad, they've not used any of them. And that pisses me off. Why break them up if you're not going to do anything with them? Liv has not been on SmackDown Live. Ruby nor Sarah Logan have been on Raw since the shakeup. So why did you do that? Why did you break Riot Squad up if you were just going to have them sit in the backstage area twiddling their thumbs and not doing a damn thing? Especially when you could have one of them, namely Ruby Riot, in the ladder match. Even Sarah Logan would be good in this ladder match. They gave her a little mini push during WrestleMania. Why not continue that? And why do you have to have Mandy Rose? Well, I guess I, I can kind of understand why Mandy Rose is in it. I don't know who I'd replace... With Liv, maybe Ember Moon, but I feel like Ember Moon deserves it. But I like Liv, too. I think it could be interesting if you have Ruby Riot and Liv 
in this match, but they didn't. I don't know why, because they just don't know what to do with the Riot Squad, and they broke them up for no goddamn reason, and it pisses me off. Okay, rant over for now. Whew, whew, got it all out of my system. So, much like the men's side, I guess there's some interesting possibilities here, and I'll go into more detail with my predictions episode, but on paper... I don't know if these are going to be enough to to keep me super invested in Money in the Bank, but we'll we'll see how the rest of the card shapes up. So yeah, that's it. That's my uh, cobbled together impromptu episode of the Pro Wrestling Happenings podcast. Hopefully you weren't turned off by all of my rants and raves, but these are just things I've been thinking about, and it was good for me to share them. So uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at PW Happenings, and until next time, take it easy, everybody.